Have you found it yet? No, Lord Helmet. It's still not showing up on the scanner. We'll keep looking for it. Pardon me, sir. I have an idea. Corporal, get me the Now That's Nostalgic Review of Spaceballs the Movie. Yes, sir. Colonel Sanders, may I speak with you, please? Yes, sir. How can there be an episode of Now That's Nostalgic Spaceballs? We're still in the middle of making it. Well, that's true, sir. But there's been a new breakthrough in podcast marketing. There has? Yes. Instant episodes. They're out and online before the review is finished. Nah. Here it is, sir. Now That's Nostalgic Spaceballs. Good work, Corporal. Punch it up. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Now That's Nostalgic. Uh, first, let me introduce our, our host for the evening. I am your host, the main one, Fernando Lau. And as always, to my right, my partner, my best friend, my wife, Aja. Hey! Today, we are going to be talking about a very, very fun movie. And this is definitely a fun movie because it is a classic yeah, comedy it movie. Um, it, it comes to us from the mind of Mel Brooks. It is from 1987. It is Spaceballs. I this movie is so much fun. Uh, like I said in the last episode, um, th this is probably one of the first movies I ever bought, like ever, like alongside like Pee Wee's Big Adventure and My Pet <laughs> Monster, and, and and perhaps probably even uh, Police Academy because I'm I I was a big fan of the Police Academy series. I like those movies too. I I really did, especially Michael Winslow, who's in this movie. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, not to not that I wanted to do that as a segue into it, but like legit, I'm a big fan of Michael Winslow. He I think he's known as the Man of a Thousand Sounds, mm -hmm. and he he has absolutely earned that moniker because that dude is super duper talented. And as somebody who loves voice actors and voice acting, I just wanted to take just one quick second to give him a quick shout out before we really start this episode. Uh, but let us talk about Spaceballs. Now, if you've never seen Spaceballs, it's okay, I get it. This movie is over 30 years old, first and foremost, so some of you may or may not have seen it. But this is a parody of Star Wars. Uh, and, and, and it's the only parody movie that we have on the, top, the playlist for us, the top 25. Oh, yeah. Um, the only other thing that, that was close at one point would have been uh, my other favorite uh, Mel Brooks movie, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. I love that movie. That movie is fantastic. I, young great. Dave Chappelle, Carrie Ells. Yes. You know, it, it's, 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 it's very, very funny. Um, just, yeah, great movie. Good old pa Patrick Stewart. Stewart is in it too, of course. Yes. <laughs> he, he's the king at the end, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, but let's talk about uh, this one. Now, now Spaceballs is... Very, very funny. Um, I, I, I like this movie a lot. And uh, like I was mentioning to, uh, to my wife while we were watching it, I was like, I, I like this movie a lot because this is the only parody movie we have on there. Galaxy Quest is not exactly a parody. It's more of an homage. That's right. Um, but, but this is definitely a parody. I mean, it starts off with like the scrolling letters like in Star Wars exactly. and... You know, it has music very much like John Williams, but it's not John Williams. I don't know who the composer for this is. 
Um, but you know, there's a there's a there's a a huge dog like creature like a Chewbacca, and this mm-hmm. it's Barf, who's John Candy. Well, you know, what, let's 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 talk about the the cast. The cast list, yes. We have a we have a great cast here. We have uh, Bill Pullman, who is your president in Independence Day, and yes. Christina Ricci's father in Casper. Yeah. Um, you know, there's other stuff that he's in, but I'm just mentioning like the two big ones that I could remember. John Candy, who I, I love a lot because I when I was John growing Candy. up. Uh, a lot of people told me you kind of remind me of John Candy, even to the point like people are like the way that you deliver your comedy Aww. reminds me, and I was like, oh, that's great! Like that's such a that's such a compliment. That's like I, I feel very honored for that, and especially because of the fact that I'm an improviser. Mm-hmm. He, he was an improviser too. He was he was fantastic. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> let's let's talk about some of the movies. I mean, he's he's uncle to to Macaulay Culkin. Yes. You know, I mean, he uh-huh. ended up being in he ended up being in Home Alone. He ended up being in Planes, Splash, Plays, Trains, and Automobiles. And this one is a very very uh, specific, mm-hmm. uh, di- not a dig, but like a, a deep cut. Uh, nothing but trouble with Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, and Demi Moore. That was a good movie. That's a crazy-ass movie that a lot of people may or may not know about, but go watch it. It's pretty Thank insane. Blockbuster. Yes, um, yes. Oh, or uh, for, for my brother and I, it was, uh, it was like, uh, like, like TBS and HBO. Oh, nice. Like, that just, it was there all the time, all the time. And then, um, you know. We're coming for you, banker. TV show, well, the cartoon Camp Candy. Oh yes, Camp Candy. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. I saw like maybe a few episodes. Oh, I you know. watched it as a kid. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so continuing on, we have the voice of Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. Um, you know, can, can we talk? I, yes, we can. <laughs> a- absolutely. That's what we're doing right now. Can we talk? I don't know. <laughs> um, we have uh, Daphne Zuniga, mm-hmm. who who I only know her name because of this. Like. Yeah. You know, I'm like I I know she's done other stuff. I can't remember it right now off the top of my head. I know she's done other stuff. I just can't remember, but this is the only thing I remember her from. Um there's also of course Rick Moranis, mm-hmm. who by the way, I I I, I I love Rick Moranis. He's so much fun. He's such a great character actor. Um I love his story mm-hmm. about why he quit acting for his, yes, kids, for his kids and, his family, and yeah. his family and and he's he's such a genuinely noble guy and it's one of those things that it's like if you don't like why he decided to quit acting then you he, can go fuck yourself. I mean because yeah. he cuz he's a wonderful human being for what he did and there is no one who should be like damn you for what you did. No, he at all, because he deserved it 100%. Did what he needed to do to, for his family. 100%. Do, do we miss him? Absolutely. Heck yeah. Absolutely. Because, like, I mean, what's awesome, Nostalgers, is when we get to um, the, the list of my wives, um, her favorite movie, Flat Out, is a Rick Moranis movie. It sure is. So, so, so Rick Moranis not only spreads into my playlist, but he also goes into, into my wives' my playlist. too. So that, you know, that's something real special to say about it. And we really love Rick Moranis. He's very talented. You know, if he ever comes back, I, I've, I've legitimately said this before. I wish he would do The Masked Singer. That would be great. That would be amazing. If he, if he became in season four of The Masked Singer, I would lose my shit a little bit. <laughs> that would, I'm, I'm about that. And then, of course, the, the last but not least, we have to talk about the man himself, the director, the creator, the president of Spaceball Ball City, City, and Yogurt as Yogurt, well, yes. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. I lo- every, th- every time I see Mel Brooks, he makes me happy. Yep. Like, I even mentioned I it. I am about to giggle. Even in his little cameo, like I mentioned in, uh, in Little Rascals. Like, mm-hmm. as, even something as small as that just... 
makes me happy. I just, I love him. I love his voice. Like, I think whenever I do like an old Jewish person, it's always sounding like Mel Brooks. Very Mel Brooks-esque. Like, almost like the typical Jew, but I picture like me as Mel Brooks doing it in a way. Like, when I do a Jewish mm-hmm. impersonation, I, fi- I picture Mel Brooks being the person doing it. Like, I can't explain why, but like, I guess it's probably because it's the first person I ever saw as a child as a Jewish actor. Because mm-hmm. this was 1987. I was three at the time. I didn't watch it, obviously, at three, but I saw it when I was like five or six. So mm-hmm. he was like, flat out first Jewish actor I ever saw. That I could at least remember. Okay. So, you know, every time I do anything Jewish related, I kind of picture me as Bell Brooks in that respect, you know? <laughs> um, so that's our cast. Mm-hmm. Really, really great cast. And, uh, of course, we have other characters. Like we mentioned Michael Winslow, oh, you know, yeah. um, you know <laughs> other, other random characters like that. But this movie is a very fun movie. Now, like we said, the movie is parroting essentially Star Wars. Um, now, it doesn't directly parody Star Wars like the Family Guy movies. Right. Where it's like, hey, we're literally just putting our characters in this movie and then making jokes that are self-referential. This is almost like a different story within the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Now, what ends up happening is we find out about a planet called Druidia, where there is Princess Vespa. She's going to get married to, I believe his name is Prince Valium. Prince, yeah. Which is funny because he's supposed to be so, like, lethargically sloth because he's Valium. Valium. So, haha, ha, yeah. Jokes right out the board. You know. <laughs> you know, that's Mel Brooks. I didn't, no hating. I'm just like, let's, yes, let's take up as much time as we can with our jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, so she doesn't want to get married, runs away, escapes. Meanwhile, uh, there is the bad guy who is Dark Helmet, who is played by Rick Moranis, who, what's funny is, and I pointed this out to my wife, um, when he has his mask up and his face is displayed, it's Rick Moranis talking. But when he pulls it down, the moment he does, he's trying to impersonate James Earl Jones to a certain degree as Dark Helmet because he even goes, he goes deep and tries to speak with an African accent. <laughs> That's what he does. And it's so funny that he chose that because I'm like, it's a really great choice. Right. Because it's so funny because he's like, hey, I'm a nerd normally, right. but let me try to be bold and like Black Panther. I'm- like, you know. Regal shouting. Yeah, yeah. Menacing and I, with this I, voice with my mask This is CNN. Down, right? Like, we are not yet Mufasa. <laughs> Mufasa's like a, a couple years away right, from this movie, right. you know? Um, but it's so funny that he does that. And he... We, we immediately find out that who the guy underneath is just... Essentially, like, the guy who, like, manages, like, a Kinko's. Mm-hmm. Like... He's just like, hey, guys, can we just, like, be cool about things? You know, like, it's me, Gary. You know, Can just, we just be okay? Somebody, <laughs> left, somebody left their microwavable lunch inside the microwave and just forgot to, you know, cover it up with a napkin. It spilled a little. Can somebody clean their Lunchable? Thanks. Appreciate that. Just, you know, one of those guys. So um, they, they, they're like, hey, we're going to kidnap the princess and we're going to steal all the air from Druidia because apparently Druidia's air oxygen is so pure and, and amazing that they want to steal it. Mm-hmm. Because in this culture, air is apparently a hot commodity. Hot, well, yeah, it's a you know? Thing. Uh, it, it's kind of like how in Fresh Tank air. Girl, water is a it's huge thing. commodity. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they, they end up uh, kidnapping uh, Princess... Well, they tried to kidnap Princess Vespa. Meanwhile, our Han Solo and Chewie in the movie 
who's Lone Star and Barf, played by Bull Pullman and John Candy. Candy. Bull Pullman is Lone Star. John Candy is Barf. Barf. And and let's describe Barf for two seconds. Uh, Barf is a mog, which is half man, half dog. dog. He calls himself his own best friend. Now, Mm -hmm. he walks around essentially kind of like a mechanic because he's wearing like a full dicky jumpsuit thing. Like a full onesie, like as if he was going into auto shop, but it's like a khaki colored one. He's got fingerless gloves and he's wearing, and he wears like kind of like Ked sneakers. But everything that he wears has fur coming out of it because he's half man, half dog. He has a tail that won't stop wagging all the time. He's got one patch over his eye. His ears, uh, uh, they respond. His hair, his ears. His yeah. hair and his ears all respond. It, it's a very cute over... He's got a little black nose. Um, <clears throat> he's got a really cute look. And it's it's very fun because he plays around with it quite a bit throughout the, the movie. Mm-hmm. And they go and they save Princess Vespa before uh, Dark Helmet and the crew get to kidnap her. And that's when uh, all the fun starts. Because Dark Helmet realizes, oh God... We've been had. They the, somebody's mm-hmm. taken the princess. What happened? This is when we first meet Michael Winslow. Um, what ends up happening is Lone Star is like, oh, we there's no way that we're gonna get them without them noticing us. And he goes, not if we jam their radar, which they literally throw raspberry mm-hmm. jam into the radar. And Michael Winslow, in his awesomeness, is making all these like sound sa- I, I'm not even gonna try to imitate them, but they're like staticky sound effects, like. He's, he lost the bleeps, he lost the sweeps, and he lost the creeps. And, and, he, and then when they ask, what the hell are you talking about? He, he, he displays it. He shows yeah. what it is. And then we find out that, you know, they were jammed and it was raspberry. And there's only one man who I would dare give him the raspberry. raspberry. Yep. And it is Lone Star. So now the chase is on. Helmet is like, we got to find Lone Star because this son of a bitch took the princess. And the princess is part of the whole plan. So we end up chasing him with ludicrous speed. Roll out. Roll out. Get out of his business. His business. Stay up by my business. Go read a book, you illiterate son of a... No, I just went into Jay-Z there for a sec. Sorry, I went big pimping. Sorry, that was a lot of 2000 there for a second for me. Yeah, we just rolled out. We did. We just did roll out, you know. Um... And uh, so ludicrous speed happens, and this is where like the the entire ship, which by the way the ship is gigantic, like I, I want to say it's at least the size of a football field. Yeah. Like it is huge, and this thing is like flying through space with Doctor Who looking visuals, like, like some like some shit that you would see like in the craziest eye exam. <laughs> <laughs> and and they fly by and they and they totally pass by Lone Star. And Lone Star and everybody's like, yay, we've gotten out of this. But guess what? All of a sudden, we're out of fuel because they use their hyperjets. And they should have put more than five bucks worth in. Yeah. You know, that was the problem on Lone Star. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we've all been there. We only need $5 to get through the day. So you put you know, but then all of a sudden your buddy is like, hey, can you come across town and pick me up? And you're like, damn, I only got five dollars worth of gas. Maybe I'll t- like, turn off the air conditioning mm-hmm. and roll down the window. Right. You know, maybe I could preserve, you know, maybe. And don't and, go as fast. And, and, and if I just park and if I if I keep putting my thing in park and then turn off the car Power. at every light, but then turn it back. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. No, yeah, we've all been there. We've mm-hmm. all been there. Mm-hmm. No, no hating on Lone Star. But then they end up uh, falling onto this planet, which I can't. It's 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 very much like like the Sahara Desert, because mm-hmm. it's nothing but sand dunes everywhere. 
Um, except for when they finally pass out from heat exhaustion. Um, and, and by the way, one of the scenes that I love very much is when they are all... And it's later on in the, the, in the desert when they're like, oh, we got to start moving because we're not going to get very far once that blazing sun gets over our heads and then the sun shows in and they start to fade and then you hear John Candy go, nice dissolve. <laughs> yep. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I love mm-hmm. meta humor like that. I love when people break the... The, the I, 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 call, I call it a fifth wall because the fourth wall is when you talk to the camera. The fifth wall is when you're talking to the camera without talking directly into the camera. Like almost like you say something for audience to hear, but almost as if like the audience wasn't supposed to hear, hear it. it. I know it's not fifth wall, but that's what I kind of call it. Okay. It, 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 it could be the third wall. I don't know what wall we're breaking down. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't work for Property Brothers. This is an open concept is what I'm saying. <laughs> Just, you know, no walls. Just <laughs> no walls. Woo! It's all flowy. Just all flowy. Let the air conditioning flow. You know, just like an episode of Friends. They're mm-hmm. all just in the same room. So they're walking through the desert on a horse with no name. Right. And uh, this is, of course, they leave that gigantic Her hair giant. dryer. <laughs> because she can't live without it. What, only what she needs, and she brings everything. And she and says she can't live without it. Her giant hair dryer that she can't live without her industrial sized hair dryer which i think is great so um after we we get through the desert we see um well they're in the desert and at that point uh dark helmet is like how are we gonna find them and this is the scene where uh all of a sudden uh colonel sanders by the way who's his second in command which by the way i love that name Mm -hmm. because right before they're about to go to ludicrous speed colonel sanders is like i don't know if we can do that like that's kind of crazy and then what does dark helmet say what's the matter colonel sanders Chicken. chicken it's like you know what guys F you. Like, <laughs> like F you a little bit for that, because we know. We, we get it. We absolutely get it. But Colonel Sanders says, wait a minute, I got an idea. Hey, you know what we can do? Is watch Spaceballs the movie. And then we can fast That's forward to the scene, and yeah. then we can get to that part and figure out where the hell they are. And they're like, wait a minute, how the hell are we going to be able to watch this movie? We're in the middle of making the damn movie. And this is, and, and it's that, oh, I love that scene. That, yeah. Like, you know, what the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? It's now. It's happening right now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now happening is happening right now. Right now. What's past then? Then. What's now? I love that. It's like an <laughs> Abbott and Costello routine. Yes. And it's so funny. It's really well done. Um, so then they find out that they're on uh, the moon of Vega, which is the planet that they're on. Well, it's, it's a moon, so mm-hmm. I, I guess it's a planet. It's a moon. Because the moon is a planet, isn't it, technically? It's a moon. Well, okay, moon of Vega. That's where they landed on. And um, <clears throat> now um, a dark helmet and the crew know where to go. So they're going to go find them. Next day in the desert, Lone Star, Princess Vespa, uh, Dot, Matrix, Dot Matrix, which is the robot C-3PO C-3- voiced C-3- by Joan Rivers. Almost <laughs> forgot to mention that. we have yes. to Because that's, that's kind of important. And, uh, and John Candy are walking through the desert and all of a sudden they pass out from heat exhaustion where they meet the dinks who are essentially the ewoks of this little thing because mm-hmm. they're tiny little wearing like these kind of robes with tiny little pointy hats and everything and all they say is dink 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 you know like they're like they're like smurfs or something mm-hmm. they're one of those kind of characters but they uh help out and live with yogurt 
who is essentially Yoda. So Yoda is that yogurt is played by Mel Brooks. Because what I think is great, Mel Brooks is the most powerful person in Spaceball City. And then he's the most powerful character in all of the universe. Because of course Mel Brooks is. I mean, it's fine. I don't mind because it's Mel Brooks. He's like, look, it's my my movie. It's my movie. You know, my name is on. By the way, in case you didn't know, his name is President Scroob. Scroob spelled backwards is Brooks. So, even to the point that, like, his presidential name is him. Is him, yes. So, Yogurt is essentially telling them about the Schwartz. Mm -hmm. No, not the Force. The Schwartz. The Schwartz, which is a very, very powerful uh, magic that can be used throughout the universe. Very much like the Force. Very much like the Force, but not the Force. You know, for for all intents and purposes, we're we're not going to talk about that. Um, what I think is awesome, I'm going to take a second to deviate from the story here just to mention this. Um, what's, what I found out was awesome through my research is that George Lucas himself pretty much gave all the blessings for them to do whatever he wanted uh, as far as parodying Star Wars. And I guess it's probably out of mutual respect for Mel Brooks because Mel Brooks by then, you know, was huge. Mm-hmm. He, he was a big name. He was, you know, not literally, but he was like the Tarantino of his time. Mm-hmm. Um it, it, like Tarantino's the Mel Brooks of his time, I guess right. is more the best way to describe it, I guess. Um, but Mel Brooks is um, is Mel Brooks, and George Lucas was like, "Listen, I know what you're gonna do is gonna be awesome and everything." He's like, "The only thing I want you to do is not actually make any merchandise that you could sell off of Spaceballs, but other than that, you're peachy keen to do whatever you want." And he didn't do it. That's why in the movie, all the merchandise is there because. It's legit like, well, if I can't make any merchandise, I might as well make a fake-ass QVC commercial in my own movie, you know? I gotta pay for it and shit, you know? So let's do that. Which, by the way, if you look at it, the the two things that are the the coloring book and the lunchbox are clearly Transformers. Mm -hmm. Because, like, Optimus Prime is as clear as day on the coloring (laughs) book. Like, it's not even, like... Not even, like, somewhat, like, fake. Like, you can even put a sticker over. It's clear as day him. Like, so, so, uh, Dark Helmet finds out where Princess Vespa is because he's using the Schwartz, too. Uh Because that's the thing. Dark Helmet has the Schwartz. So does Yogurt have the Schwartz. Yogurt is teaching Lone Star about the Schwartz. And now Dark Helmet is like, I need to get the princess out of where he is, but I can't fight him because he's too powerful. So he uses his, I guess, an illusion to trick Princess Vespa into coming out thinking that it's her father, King Roland, who, by the way, King Roland is played by Dick Van Patten. Dick Van Patten. Who, it is enough. Who, who's also been in a couple of other uh, yeah, uh, but- Mel Brooks movies as well. Yes. He was, uh, I think he's also in um, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights as well, if I'm not I mistaken. I think he is. Because I remember, hey, I bet! I hate that guy. <laughs> I remember that scene specifically with him in it, because it was one of the first times I remember... Him outside of this movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, eight, 8 is Enough, Dick Van Patten in this movie as well. Legendary legendary actor as well. Yes. Um, so uh, the princess is kidnapped by Dark Helmet and Lone Star has to now go find uh, the princess yet again. But Yogurt gives him the Ring of the Schwartz so that way he can have the power to be able to defeat Dark Helmet. And how how awesome is that, right? Just like in in Star Wars, mm-hmm. now now you know Luke is gonna go out there and, and go after Dark Vader, and 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 now they're gonna have that fight. So yay! So <laughs> the whole th- the whole time uh, that he's kidnapping uh, Princess Vespa, his way of uh, getting to the king 
is he's like, I want all of your oxygen, but in order to do that, I need your code in order to open, like, this big imaginary door that you have going under your planet. And you can clearly see it when they're driving out because it's, like, one square that opens, like, a garage and closes, closes like, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's like, yo, so I want all of your oxygen. And he goes, well, how are you going to... He's like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, what are you going to do to my daughter? Like, you know, you can't do anything to her. And she's... They find out, wait a minute, what is it that he's going to do? He's going to give her her old nose job back! No! What? Oh, my God. He is a fiend. He is. He's so evil. Evil man. Good Lord. And then they give the combination. Mm-hmm. And it's one, two, three, four, five. Because, you know. Because, you know. I mean, hey, I have the same kind of combination on my luggage. You know, yeah. just, you know, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so a- a- after this, uh, Lone Star and Barf make it to Spaceball City, where they're going to, pr- to come and save uh, Princess Vespa. And they go dressed in as, I guess they're the version of Stormtroopers. I guess we call them, I guess we just call them soldiers. Yeah. Because I don't know what they officially call them in this. I've never heard, like, you know, so, what so, they were. so we'll just call them, like, let's just call them police. Let's just call them troopers. Troopers, troopers. Let's call them troopers. So they they disguise themselves as troopers to save Princess Vespa. And they do save Princess Vespa. They break her out and everything with this amazing scene (laughs) that has, like, amazing stunt work and escape and shooting everything. uh, Princess Vespa ends up, like, shooting a bunch of guys like Rambo. Uh, But this is all before they are captured or it's actually their stunt doubles. <laughs> their stunt doubles are actually who are captured. And then all of a sudden, the guy who captures them is like, oh shit, it's their stunt doubles, you guys. Again, breaking the fourth, fifth wall, whatever the hell you want to call it, because that's brilliant as hell. Right. <laughs> so they get away, but not before Dark Helmet and uh, President Scroob are like, hey, guess what? We have the code now. Now we could steal all of Planet Druidia's uh, oxygen. But you're like, how are they going to get it? You know, the the ship is huge and it's right outside. What are they going to do? So it transforms, literally, more Transformer shit inside of this damn movie. It transforms into a gigantic maid with the vacuum cleaner. The maid looks a lot like the Statue of Liberty. It it absolutely does. It looks a lot like the Statue Statue of Liberty with like little... uh, Kind of like, almost like horn things, crowns coming out of the head and everything. And later on, that's kind of important to mention as well. Um, But it turns into a vacuum cleaning maid. And that's how they're going to get the air out. That's brilliant. Good Lord. (laughs) And and they steal all the air from Planet Druidia. But while all this is happening, Lone Star's like, yo, we got to do something. So he uses the power of the Schwartz to reverse the vacuum and push the air back onto the planet. <laughs> Yay, Planet Geridia is safe. Yay. Dick Van Patten is not dead in that Jerry the King Lawler cheap-ass cosplay that he's wearing. <laughs> Just... <laughs> but Lone Star's like, we got to do something. So he breaks into the, into the ship. And he finds the self-destruct mechanism, and he's about to destroy it. But then all of a sudden, Dark Helmet finds his way to him. And that's the final battle. Mm -hmm. It's between Lone Star and Dark Helmet. And they both use the Schwartz. And that fight sequence, by the way, let's take a minute to talk about that. Because first off, it starts off with Dark Helmet giving the parody line of the century, saying, I am your father's, brother's, nephew's, cousin's, former roommate. What does that make us? Absolutely nothing. 
<laughs> it's like, what the hell? Like, did Chris Jericho come up with these lyrics? Like, what's going on here? Like, I don't even know. So we have the fight with the Schwartz, which, by the way, don't you hate it when someone else's Schwartz is bigger than yours? Yeah, you know. Like, it's such a shame when that happens. Uh. So they have this fight, and the fight is so fun because even to the point that Dark Helmet uses the Schwartz and accidentally cuts uh, one of the boom mic operators who's holding a microphone in the background while everybody is fighting. And (laughs) he even blames it on Lone Star, and then they keep on fighting. and It's a really fun sequence. They even get their Schwartzes twisted. Mm-hmm. Um, at one, the, one point, they both, like, they both put away their Schwartzes, and Lone Star just simply just punches them in, in the, the face. face. <laughs> um, and, and, and what stops it all is that the best part of that fight is that uh, Dark Helmet completely tricks Lone Star into shaking hands and steals... Uh, the Schwartz from him so now he doesn't have the power of the Schwartz anymore only Dark Helmet does so what's Lone Star gonna do he's gonna listen to Mel Brooks talk to him in a voiceover that's what he's gonna do (laughs) cause Yogurt is about to tell him hey that ring was fake you got the Schwartz in you kid You, you use it and he does by pulling a mirror toward his nuts, which is about to get shot right. by Dark Helmet. And he then shoots Dark Helmet in the nuts. And that's when Rick Moranis does that little yeah. scream that he does, mm-hmm. flies his head back into the button, and of course hits the self-destruct button. And guess what? Now that the self-destruct button has been hit, they only literally have three minutes before the ship blows up. Mm-hmm. And that's when the chase sequence happens, where they're all trying to get out. And it's this huge... Now, by the way, we almost forgot to mention uh, the, the ship itself. The ship has a zoo. The ship has a circus. <laughs> the ship has a pizzeria. Like, it is like an entire, like, Mall of the Americas mall. But in a ship. But in a ship. So all the escape pods are being taken over by uh, a pizza delivery guy, a bearded lady. Uh, <laughs> whenever there's anything dramatic, they all of a sudden cut to a man on like the drums. Yes. And he's getting away with his drum while he's just like he's like like he's just getting out, getting away and everything. A literal bear gets out of there. So everybody except for Colonel Sanders, President Scrooge, and Dark Helmet. So the three main authority figures are the last three in the ship and they can't get out but hey you know what's awesome is that there's this voiceover alexa if you will that says you know this is your last chance to hit the cancellation button <laughs> cancellation button hurry they find it and then the line that i think is amazing is even in the future nothing works <laughs> because they open the cancellation button and it's and it's out of order because of course it is because right. of course it is so the ship blows up lone star and the crew get out alive Yay! The Yay. bad guys lose, the good guys win. They bring uh, Princess Vespa back to Druidia, where she's supposed to marry Princess Val- Prince Valium. Princess Valium. Ah. Sorry, I was quoting the movie directly there. Yeah, you were. My apologies. So Prince Valium is supposed to get married to her. And throughout all this, you can clearly tell that Lone Star and Princess Vespa have fallen for each other. They like each other. They can't mention anything, and they can't do anything. Thanks to fucking Dot Matrix's virgin alarm, mm-hmm. which goes off before you do. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Like, like hey. I, when I was a kid, I knew what they were talking about. And even I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was a kid and I was like, I know what virgin means. And I know what that means if you have an alarm for it right. before you do. I was like, wow. I was like, that's, Jeez, yeah. A little on the nose. I get it. 
that Vespa didn't get any. You know? Hey, you know, nobody's supposed to ride that Vespa mm-hmm. until it's ready to be ridden. Exactly. Nobody was getting and, on that and, Vespa. And, and you can't get on that Vespa until you put a ring on it. Mm-hmm. You know? I get that. It's, it's before you die, you see the ring. And that's... Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> and you die hard. No, okay. So enough of that chain reaction that I just made there. <laughs> so uh, they bring back the princess and Lone Star finds out uh, through a fortune cookie... Yes. That he is actually a certified prince. And, and, and he finds this out through Yogurt, who's living inside of this fortune cookie that tells him his fortune. Um, and then he goes back and he tells Princess Vespa, hey, guess what? I, I'm a prince. You know, you know, this is what it sounds like when doves cry. You know, this is what it sounds like, you know. So here's a raspberry beret as we jump in my little uh, Corvette. And they, so he, he ends up marrying her at the end instead of Prince Valium. Uh-huh. And they end she up... pushes ki- Prince Valium right on off the thing. Yeah, he just pushes him right the hell off. Like, goodbye, get out of here. And, uh, oh, oh, wait, before we talk about that, let's talk about the... Because it's important to mention, you mentioned how this, the, the, the ship looks like the Statue of Liberty. Uh-huh. Okay, so there is a scene right before Lone Star shows up to uh, get Princess Vespa where the head, which is pretty much the head and the hand holding like part of the handle uh-huh. of the vacuum are in the sand. And uh, the, the space ball remaining three are climbing out of the head uh-huh. through the nose. And uh, uh, heading toward them on horse are two apes. Ha. Ha, ha, ha. And it, it clearly is supposed to be a parody of Planet, of the, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes telling it. And they're both like, what, what are those things coming out of his nose? Spaceballs. Oh, shit. There goes the planet. <laughs> and, that's, and I love that reference because that's why when you said that it looks like the Statue of Liberty, yes. it's really funny because they literally make a Planet of the Apes reference. They, in this movie, they reference Planet of the Apes, Wizard of Oz, of course, Star Wars. And uh, there was one other one that I can't remember off the top of my head now, but I'll get there in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but, they, but they make a lot of references to a lot of different movies here and there. And then uh, Lone Star says, hey, let's get married, you know? And mm-hmm. then they get to the chapel and they get married and that's how the movie ends. With and kissing her, with, with her eyes. With oh, her eyes well, oh, we're going to talk about that for a second. Hold on. And then the movie ends. Now, that's, that's Spaceballs. Now, the first thing that we're going to talk about is how the movie ends. Now, I pointed it out to my wife, and my wife was like, oh my god. Like, like, like she'd seen it before, but she never really saw it until I pointed it out. I didn't, see, like, I, I've seen the movie, you know, mm-hmm. quite a few times. Yes. Never noticed. Mm-hmm. Never noticed that at the end. At the end of the movie. So, the, 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 the movie ends with the I do kiss of getting married. Between Lone Star and, uh, Vespa. and Vespa. And when Vespa's kissing, it's fine. When Lone Star is kissing, he's got his eyes open the whole time. Like, they're looking down, so they look like they're closed, but you can clearly see from the camera angle, his eyes are open. His eyes are clear as day open. And I've always noticed that as a kid, and it always bothered me. Like, it's funny, because I've asked uh, some people, like one or two people here before that was like, Hey, is it weird when people kiss with their eyes open? And they're like, no, not at all. I'm like, how is it not? That's weird. Like, I think it is weird. Like, I think it is. Like, unless you're kissing somebody on the cheek or, or, like, or I don't something even like think, that. I think when I kiss you, my eyes automatically close. Yeah, like it's an instinct almost. Like, you know? 
I don't want to. It's not that I don't want to look at you because it's just it feels weird just, to not kiss with eyes closed. Now I'm gonna have to try it. And yeah, please, you please, out. please don't. Yeah. Uh, no, no, please don't. Yeah. S- stop. <laughs> Say, stop. Get get away from me. It's gonna happen. Stop. No. Stop. Babe, no. Get away here. from me. Stop. I want to try it. Sit, sit down. Sit your uh, uh, black ass like, down. Just. <laughs> But there, there's that. There's a couple of other things that we're going to talk about. Um, I, uh, let, let's talk about a few of the scenes. Um, there's the scene with Michael Winslow, which I love because he does all the sound effects. And, and it's a great representation. I think it's a lot of fun to watch him do his thing because he does so many different voices. I read somewhere that um, Mel Brooks said, if we just used Michael Winslow to do all the sound effects for our movie, we could have saved like a thousand dollars. And I was like, "That's awesome for him to I make mean, that kind of wrong. a joke." Not wrong at all, because if you're gonna get anybody to do like the sound effects for a movie that you're in space shooting lasers and have him, yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Although I would really want to go pew 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> like it's some like the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. Pew 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 blink 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 blink. Um, I uh I I love the I I love the little things like um when Princess Vespa is driving away in the car and Joan Rivers uh says, "Can we talk?" First off, I think that's a really nice nod to her. And then after she finishes and like she's like, "Oh, are you even listening to me?" And Vespa takes off her headphones and they're the the Leia buns. I thought that was a very nice touch. Um, I I think it's a I think it's great how they do Spaceballs the movie and they show all the other Mel Brooks movies. Like I think that's. I, I, it's funny because all he's doing is advertising, but at the same time... It's a little flex. Come it, on. it is a flex. And it's okay because it's no no way, shape, or form uh, uh, hating on the man. Because oh, the no. man has had a hell of a, a career and he deserves to be able to, to talk about it. Yeah. Absolutely. He's like the Ric Flair of, like, mm-hmm. of comedy in that respect, you know? Um, I love the Winnebago, the Eagle Five. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always said that if I ever get a Winnebago, and I mean this sincerely, honey, we are definitely going to call it the, the the Eagle Five. I would love it if, like, when we're driving around, we're listening to uh, "Raise Your Hand" by Bon Jovi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish it had automatic pilot. Like, there's a lot of things oh, I wish. Geez, you know, I, I I wish uh, I wish we would uh, speak to guys named Pizza the Hut who are half man, half pizza. Pizza the Hut. Pizza the Hut, who is clearly a pro, a, a reference to Jabba the Hut, of course. Um, I I think uh, Spaceball City is very funny. I, I love the uh, the the Perrier, which is the, just oh, a, which the, is the just Perrier. a can of uh, which is just a can of Druidian air. <laughs> like I think that's <laughs> like great. Sparkling water. Yeah. Oh, um. So there's the 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 scene where Mel Brooks is uh they they beam him up and that's the oh, start yeah, and that's yeah, the start yeah. that's Star Trek. That was the other, that's reference. the other reference. That was yeah. I knew it would come to me. I knew so they make a reference to Star Trek. Even the guy who's mo- who uh, beams him is Scotty. And mm-hmm. he's dressed up as a Scotsman. I saw that. Like That's he's so you know funny. like to that even to that extent. So Mel Brooks is beamed, and when he's beamed, 
his uh, his head is on backwards, even though his arms are on normal. Forward, right. Because all they do is like do the whole like backwards bodysuit kind of a thing, mm-hmm. and it's really well done. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it's like like when you sit there and you realize that you're like, oh, he's clearly scratching his own ass and saying, why didn't someone tell me my ass is so big while moving his hands the way you would normally move them? Right. Not as if it was backwards, but it's fine. You know, it is what it is. It's a great gag. What I think is funny about that scene is that they beam him. That happens. They beam him back back so he could be okay. And then he's like, you know what? I'm just going to walk. And walk next door. And they're literally like one door right across. Like not even like, not even like the opposite side of the room. Like he walks off five feet later and he's walking through the door. Right. Like, it's like, what the hell guys? Like, (laughs) so, um, I, uh, I love the scene when they're, uh, kidnapping princess Vespa and he's like, Oh, I want you to shoot a a warning shot across her nose. And they're shooting uh, around her and he's like, what the hell's wrong with you? And then they see the guy who's shooting it and he's cross-eyed. And then like the guy who, who hired him is also cross-eyed and he's like, Oh, that's my cousin. And they're like, oh, well, why, who's that guy? He's like, he's an asshole, sir. I know that. What's his name? That is his name, sir. Asshole, sir. Major asshole. And his cousin? He's an asshole, too, sir. First clap. Philip asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship anyhow? And they always are Yo! <laughs> like, everybody but, like, two people. And then he says, I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Do you know how many times I have, like, used that line... <laughs> Like, I'd be like, how many assholes we got on this ship anyhow? And maybe somebody that got it would get up and do the reference, and I'd turn around, and I'd go, I knew it, I'm surrounded by assholes. Like, <laughs> like I, I feel like anybody could stand in the middle of America at any given time, turn around, and I'd then say, say that, that and right it feels now, right. And it, and it feels pretty apropos. Like, you and I said it, there are a few moments in this uh, movie where it feels like it could be America at any given time. Like, mm-hmm. when Mel Brooks as the president is grabbing Sanders, he goes, Sanders, you gotta help me. I don't know what to do. I can't make decisions. I'm a president. I'm like, damn. I was like, oh my God. Like ever since I was a kid, I laughed at that because you know what? Every, it doesn't matter what president it is. There's going to be at least one person who's going to laugh at that joke because everybody's going to be like, that president ain't do shit. Exactly. Like, everybody's going to be like that. So that kind of a joke is good forever. Yeah. Because we're all going to be looking at it going, ha ha, the upper class, look at them. Mm -hmm. Ha ha, we get that joke. Mm -hmm. You know? And, and I think it's very funny to do that. I th- it, it, it works very well because you can use that joke at any given time, anywhere. And, and everybody's going to be like, well, that person did raise taxes or that person did do this. Right. Even for the nicest person that you like, you're going to find something that you can like some, some sort of issue that you're going to complain about. Um, oh, I, I love the uh, <laughs> the the reveal that she's a Druish princess. Oh, and yes. they're like, funny. She doesn't look, look Druish. I'm like, you guys. Like, I had a friend of mine when I was a kid that was like, I don't understand what they mean by that. I was like, guys, Druish. What does Druish sound like? <laughs> it sounds like Jewish. <laughs> and everybody in this movie, it, like, it's it's directed by a Jew. I think Rick Moranis is Jewish. Jewish? Yeah, thank you. You know, like, just, you know, like, yeah. And it's also a question of Hollywood. Like, I got it back then about the whole, like, oh, Hollywood is is, is run by the Jews. I I got that back then because I understood what they meant by it and everything. Right. Um, I love going ludicrous speed. (laughs) Because it's so funny. Because the whole, 
No, we don't have to give Ludacris another... Listen, I know you're from the ATL. Hey. And I know, you know, he he could take you in the Georgia Dome on the 50-yard line, you know. I I know, you know, get out the business, get business, you know, I know. (laughs) That's just a little too fast, too furious for me is all I'm saying. Too fast for (laughs) y'all. So, um, they go ludicrous speed, and (laughs) this is where everybody except for Rick Moranis buckles up, and then all of a sudden he's, like, literally holding on for dear life as his brains flow into his feet. Mm -hmm. They hit the emergency brake. He flies into a wall, and he passes out, which is funny, uh, especially because then later on, when they're watching Spaceballs the movie on VHS to try and find out, where uh, Lone Star and Princess Vespa is, they go past that scene, and he's like, oh, go go past this, go past this part. In fact, never play this again. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so funny. Like, oh, what I love is in that same scene, too, is when they cut to the moment where they're in real time. Yes. When they're watching themselves on the screen, and there's the, what the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. I actually have a dub smash of me doing that. That's funny. Because <laughs> of course I do. Because I love this scene. I love that movie. It breaks the fourth wall again. That's the thing. I think that's the thing I like the most about Mel Brooks' movie. Fourth mo- wall breaking. About, no, but about Mel Brooks movies in general. Mm-hmm. They do that a lot. Like like in uh, it, one of my favorite moments in uh, Men in T- Robin Hood Men in Tights is when Dave Chappelle becomes the sheriff and everybody goes a black sheriff and he goes and why not looked at the camera goes. Worked in Blazing Saddles. <laughs> I was like, yes. I love I love that kind of comedy. It's mm-hmm. great when you can do that. Like, it's so awesome. Like, it'll, it, it work because that means that you worked extra hard to say, hey, you don't have to work as hard to right. make that joke. I appreciate that. That's really cool. Um, I, I think it's very funny also that in the scene when uh, Lone Star and the crew uh, pass out and they meet the Dinks. Mm-hmm. The Dinks, um, they're walking through and they have uh, the, 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 the apropos song from The Breakfast Club that they whistled. The <whistles> they're walking around to that, right? And they're even singing it going, dink, 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 dink. <laughs> so they're obviously supposed to be like Ewoks and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and they save, they happen to be walking through the desert. They see uh, Dot Matrix... Uh, Barf, Lone Star, and Princess Vespa all passed out from heat exhaustion, and they all happen to have water, and thank God they have motor oil too. Right. <laughs> so they bring back all four of them, and and Lone Star, after he wakes up, he says, did I miss something? When did we get to Disneyland? Uh, and it's very, very interesting to point that out, because Star Wars is now... Disney. In Disney. Did Mel Brooks call it? I, I I think he did. I think it, it it is true that the Jews do run Hollywood well, that in that respect. That is the song that they're humming. Yes, it's the it's the seven uh, almost from a no, Snow White, isn't it? No. They also that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was in um, Pan Trap. Oh, that's right. Oh, see, that's what that's what I, when I said Disney, I meant I know Parent Trap isn't, but you know what I mean. No, Parent Trap is a Disney movie. Uh, I, well, I I forget that you know what I mean. That's why it's not the movie that I'm. I thought I said Snow White. I meant yeah. I got my Disney movies confused. Nevertheless, but yeah, I think it's very funny that they called it out. Like, I mean, I don't. I know they didn't mean it like that because they <laughs> this may is have. Na- this is 1987. I don't Parent know if they Parent Trap came out in like the 60s. No, no, no. But I mean, like how like they're the Ewoks. And they woke up and they're in Disneyland. 
Like like that they were like, oh, I'm in Disneyland because of Star because Wars. They're little. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm saying could Mel Brooks have predicted that Star Wars I would said, be bought yeah, by Disney? And I think that's pretty cool that he that he was able to predict that. Um, one scene I, I I especially want to talk about, <laughs> and, and 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 it's and it's so funny with Rick Moranis. So Rick Moranis after kidnapping Princess Vespa, um, he he has these little figurines. Of all the characters, there's like a little, uh, a little him, a little barf, you know, uh, a little barf. It sounds like I just said like he just had like he was playing with vomit. Um, but he's got all the characters as like little action figures, and he's playing with them, and it's like this is entire scene where he's trying to seduce Princess Vespa, and and it's it's also very. Uh, Here are the toys that you can't buy, children. Yeah, exactly. Literally, the figurines that I wish I would buy at a cost at a mm-hmm. Comic Con, like that looks like fun, like. So, he's playing with all these action figures, and he's trying to seduce Princess Vespa. And by the way, let's talk about how he seduces her there, because mm-hmm. like he, he, he makes Princess Vespa run away, and she's like, oh, I find you strangely attractive. And then he goes, of course you do, because Jewish princesses are often attracted to money and power, power, and I have both. It's like mm-hmm. a little on the head when it comes to Jewish princesses. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get it, but it's like, wow. So then they start to, the, the characters start to kiss, and then he's like, he's like having this whole intimate moment. Colonel Sanders runs in, and he's like, hey, you're needed on the brig. Uh, and and uh, uh, Dark Helmet is acting as if like he just walked in on him masturbating. He's like, knock on my door. Knock next time. Right. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Did you see anything? No, sir. I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. Good. Wait, huh? <laughs> Fun thing about that scene? Improvised. I bet. A no, 100% improvised. That's awesome. Like, it was not, in, like, he, everything he said was not in the script at all. And I think that, well, he is an improviser. Him and yeah. John Candy are both improvisers, yeah. which is interesting because um, when Barf, the original concept, was coming up, as, as we've said, he's a mog. He's half man, half dog. Mm-hmm. Originally, he was supposed to wear this big prosthetic that was supposed to make him look like a bulldog. And Mel Brooks was like, no, I don't want that. We have to show his face. So then, uh, I mean, yeah, which John makes Candy. sense, which it's exactly, it's John Candy. So then they get to another one and it's only a little bit of a prosthetic. Some of his face is still covered up and you could kind of tell it's John Candy, but at the same time, you kind of can't. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, what about this Mel? And they were like, no, if we're going to have John Candy, we're going to show John Candy. If we're going to cover his face, I can get somebody for half the price. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, 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 I 100% understand that and respect that. Because you know what? You're absolutely right. You could have gotten some other no-name person to play that character if you're mm-hmm. just going to do that. You, you get John Candy because you want his face out there, especially back then, because he's one of the most notable comedian actors of the time. Like, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, we have that. I, 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 I love the, uh, the scene where, where they break in uh, to, to, to break Princess Vespa out. And Princess Vespa happens to be singing, uh, Nobody knows <laughs> the trouble I sing. And it's so funny because she's got this very deep bass voice and they're like that's not her there's no way and it is her it's her singing like this like almost like jazz singer bass like nobody knows they're like no way that's her they're like wow she's a bass huh (laughs) it's just it's so funny the little jokes that they make here and there i i just i 
Mel Brooks is so talented. I, I he's definitely if he's not, I'm, I'm sure he's in the Hall of Fame. But if he's not in the Hall of Fame, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> if not, like I, I I say this, like there are four Mel Brooks movies that I like. To me, Mel Brooks in a way is like Kevin Smith. Like there is like an entire dozen movies. Yeah. Of theirs that I could just sit there and watch, and watch, yeah. and, and and four of my favorites for for Mel Brooks are of course Spaceballs, Men, Men uh, uh, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Uh, I mentioned it before uh, when I was talking about it. Uh, Young Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't remember my fourth one now. Oh, and Blazing Saddles. Those are my four favorites. But then of course there's like History of the World and and, and so mm-hmm. many other movies. He's got so many movies. And I just, I think he's a very talented director and actor, writer, everything, you know. Overall it, funny guy. Awesome, awesome performer. Like, it, like he's so great. I love all of his work. And, 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 you know, maybe one day we might do like a Mel Brooks retrospective, but we definitely are going to do a Kevin Smith one. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Because Kevin Smith is one of those guys that like, I, you know, I, I grew up in the 90s, mm-hmm. you know, and I was... The uh, I, I guess quote unquote the outcast kid the 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 rocker the 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 different one mm-hmm. so of course I was into Kevin Smith movies because I was into Kevin Smith Tarantino kind of style you know it was it was different than everything else that was out there mm-hmm. and you know again going with Mel Brooks Mel Brooks isn't like the go to comedy for most people but those people who do like Mel Brooks are in the same type of mindset the same type of comedy audience that I am and mm-hmm. that's and that's our audience mm-hmm. that's our audience not everybody I'm not saying anything against the man not everybody's going to laugh at Jim Carrey sometimes you need a Mel Brooks sometimes you need a Simon Pegg sometimes you need Monty Python yeah, you, you know need you need a, you, you need something a little bit more than just <laughs> <laughs> and and this movie is definitely it cuz it has a lot of intelligent jokes it has a lot of stupid jokes it has a lot of references it's very well put together I very much enjoy it. And again, probably the first VHS I ever bought as a kid because it was at one of those... I think the store's name was called Extra, and it was X-T-R-A. Uh-huh. And, I, 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 and this was back in the day when... Uh, like, and, I've, and I've pointed this out in Supermarket Sweep, mm-hmm. when supermarkets used to sell VHSs. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, there was a whole section of it. Like, they had, like... It was almost like a little mini blockbuster where they had, like, a few of those, like, triangular stanchion things that held up, like, three rows of, uh, of movies... And uh, they were going out of business and they were like, well, we're selling everything. And VHSs were 99 cents. And this was one of the VHSs we bought. It was this, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. There were a lot of movies that we bought because this was like 1989 when the store was closing. Mm-hmm. So there were some great movies that we bought. I can't remember all of them, but I do remember that this was definitely one of the first VHSs that we ever bought. And I watched this all the time because I had it on VHS. And I love this movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's very fun. And as far as parodies go, um, this is probably one of the best. I know that there's a lot of parodies out there, like Scary mm-hmm. Movie, Not Another Teen Movie, uh, Hot Shots Part Do. One of my favorite you know. movies, but you hate. Oh, yeah. I love Hot Shots Part Oh, no, I'm not complaining. Do. No, I'm saying, like, parody movies. No, I'm movies. saying, one of my favorite parody. There, there's a parody movie that I like that I believe you told me you couldn't stand. Which was? Epic Movie. 
I, you know what it is? It's that date movie, epic movie, Meet the Spartans, superhero yeah, movie, I, I all only, of those. The I only one about. I like of those is, is, ep- is, is epic is movie. Epic movie which is the rest fine, of them are dumb. Which is fine. I can't, you know, I'm not going to hate because it is what it is. But epic movie cracks me up. I haven't watched it in ages. But I used to watch that a lot. But as but as far as parody movies go, I think this one does it way better than others because it tries to take itself very serious. Mm-hmm. And even to the point where George Lucas said, hey, if you forgot about all the Star Wars stuff, this would be a fun space adventure. Yes. Even George Lucas said that. Like, yeah. think about that. I even you know? like it with the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, I do too. It is a great movie just by itself. I, I, I very much enjoy it and I can enjoy it at any given time. Oh, yeah. And on that note, we are ending up and wrapping this episode of Now That's Nostalgic. We thank you again so much, as always, for joining us for our episodes. This has been Spaceballs, the Mel Brooks Star Wars parody. We thank you again, as always. I am Fernando. And to my right, as always, my best friend for the rest of my life, my wife, Aja. Me. That's you, baby. (laughs) We want to thank you again for joining us. As always, remember, you can listen to us on Spotify and at Apple Podcasts. Just look for Now That's Nostalgic with an exclamation mark at the end. Just shout it out there into the damn webverse. That's nostalgic. Now That's Nostalgic. It sure is. Uh, Please look us up on Facebook. We are Fernando and Aja. You can find us both individually. Aja is spelled A-J-A. Last name is Lau, L-A-O. You can find me on Instagram at Amnesia's Enemy. All together, one word, no space, no hyphens, no nothing in between. And then for the Twitter, you can find me at hi to everyone. Hi spelled H-I-G-H. Um, and I'm a little bit more simpler. On the Instas and the Twitters, you can find me under Baby Diva79. B-A-B-Y-D-I-V-A-7-9. Uh yeah. Oh, oh, and we have an email address. Aha, uh-huh. I was it's letting you get to now that. It's nostalgic at gmail.com. That's right. All you one can, word, now that's nostalgic. You can hit us up on emails and send us messages, you know. Give us like ratings and reviews. Tell, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody about us. Message us if you have any ideas for bonus episodes. We're legitimately always uh, looking out for bonus episodes. So if you have any ideas, please let us know. We had an idea about doing uh, an entire month of December where we do nothing but Christmas movies. So if you have an idea for a Christmas movie that you think we should watch and review, give us an idea and maybe we might make it an episode. Um, And before we wrap up the episode, we also want to give out a shout out to a buddy of ours that is also starting their podcast of My Random World. Uh, we, we've been listening to it for a little bit now. It's, it's a good podcast. Good podcast. We definitely endorse it. All sorts of things. Their first episode was about Disney. I believe they're going to talk about things like Halloween and a bunch of other stuff. And just like they said, random world. So random stuff, random topics here and there. Give them a check out. Yeah, please check it out. Once again, my random world. And thank you again, as always, for listening to us. We are now That's Nostalgic. Our next episode, I will be doing solo. uh, And this will be a specific episode because my wife, um, don't get me wrong. it's, It's not that she's not a fan of the show. Or the movie that the show is based off of. Um, but this one I wanted to do myself just because I really, really, really know about this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is going to be the TV show come to a movie, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. And if you are at all a fan of Mystery Science Theater, 
don't worry, we will nerd out for about a good 45 to 60 minutes while I sit there and talk to you all about the movie, about how it influenced my comedic style and improv life, a whole bunch of nerd shit, and how this movie did help me out comedically growing up. But thank you again so much for checking out Now That's Nostalgic. Please tune in again next time, and we thank you so much for listening. Take care. Holler!